Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show, and uh, we're glad you're here with us today on this Thursday. Packers back on the practice field. We should hear from the head coach uh, of the Green Bay Packers coming up here in about uh, 25 minutes-ish. So we should hear from uh, Matt LaFleur coming up here shortly. He's going to speak towards the bottom of the hour. Uh, In the meantime, you have got a lot of discussion today. The onion continues to get peeled. Each layer has craziness to it. Aaron Rodgers going after Hub Arkish. Hub Arkish drafting somewhat of an apology. More so a this is the way I should have handled this type of situation. But penning that down. In the meantime, Antonio Brown exposing or at least attempting to expose Bruce Arians as somewhat of a liar and saying, look, like, look, the team knew I had ankle issues. I had already scheduled surgery. I have some issues going on. Apparently he's got an MRI. He's released text messages. Even one of his text messages has his bank account number and routing number. Um, and then you got the NFL saying, we are looking into moving the Super Bowl if they indeed have uh, mask mandates and, and um, gathering restrictions in L.A., out in Los Angeles County, or in the uh, state of California. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on today. whole bunch of stuff. And uh, we're right here talking about all of it. All of this, though, all of this kind of got away from the discussion of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and others playing in this contest. Playing in this contest. By the way, for those of you just joining us on the network, my apologies. Uh, just for the fact that I am uh, sounding worse than I feel, but just a little bit under the weather. So I wanted to make sure it's, you, you know, it's not corona. I've been tested Tuesday, Wednesday, and today. Started feeling bad on Monday. So all of that, I'm good. But uh, just more more of like uh, that, that sinus stuff. It drains into your chest, and it is what it is. But uh, going back to yesterday, David Bakhtiari, uh, limited participation. By the way, Aaron Rodgers did not participate yesterday with that toe injury, nor would I expect him to because this has been the regular weekly thing for him. Kingsley Kiki, uh, out due to illness. But everybody else limited. Aaron Jones, Dominic Daphne, Devondre Campbell. So uh, everything at least trending in the right direction. You did see Josh Myers practicing yesterday, albeit he is not on the actual roster so he's not on the he's not on the, uh, the the injury report because he's not on the roster. And I had a couple of people ask me about that, and that's the reason why he's not been activated yet. So that's the reason he's not on the injury report. But he did practice yesterday. He did go through some drill. Green Bay has won two of the last three regular season finales at Detroit and is three and three overall in road games against the Lions to close out the regular season. And the Packers have won two in a row at Detroit, looking to add to th- uh, their third. And um, the 103 wins, by the way, over the Lions, the most it has against any team in the National Football League. So there you go. Um, This one's from uh, my buddy Chris. He says, can I catch the Florona by listening slash watching? I don't know. I don't know what uh, how you can uh, put it this way. If you're driving around out there and you've been watching the show or listening to the show and you haven't caught anything else, I would assume not. I would assume not. But you never know. I'm not going to say yes or no because in today's climate, I would certainly, this is what I've heard, is people are going to those pop-up testing sites saying, I listen to Bill Michaels, 
do I have something? So take I, it for what it's worth. I think people are safe until you start talking about emails. Right? Once we get into the emails, then it's actual interaction. Uh, because then you're talking about the spreading of a virus. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes. There you go. <laughs> God. Uh, this one's from Gary who says, I don't think the Bucs uh, releasing Cousins was smart. Uh, and again, this goes back to more of a luxury tax money move. Spending for, uh, a million bucks instead of four million bucks. They, it saves them some money. Um, and they are looking to make a move at some point, you would assume, down the stretch. So in case you're uh, just tuning us in, the Bucks uh, releasing DeMarcus Cousins. So there you go. Um, 877-867-1670, by the way. 877-867-1670. This is, uh, this is from Daniel. It says, Wayne Larrabee has to be thinking there is your dagger to having Hub on the Packer pregame. I, like I said, it's going to be interesting because Hub Arkish, for those that don't know, and I would assume you do, at some point you probably listen to a Packers uh, broadcast, but Hub Arkish is on the Packers pregame broadcast for the radio and has been for years. I mean, going all the way back to when I was a part of that, back prior to 2011. So it's been a long time that he's been part of that broadcast in one way, shape, or form. So I don't know. I, I Now the radio station controls that. The Packers do not. The radio station controls that. They're the ones that hire – the pregame and the postgame. The in-game broadcast, I think it's the 10 minutes or 15 minutes before the game and the immediacy before Wayne throws it to the network for the postgame show. The team owns all of that. But the pregame and the postgame, the radio station owns the rights to. So I don't know if Hub Arkish is still going to be there this week. I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you. And since things are changing, because WTMJ lost the rights to the Green Bay Packers, I don't know what next year is going to look like. I, I couldn't honestly tell you. I've had a lot of people ask me about that as well. I'd love to go back and do the Packer postgame show. That was some of the best. Uh, I think that was probably some of the best analytics and some of the best times. Going all the way back to even when Brian Noble and I did it years and years and years ago. Uh, Donald says, get well and go Badgers tonight. And I agree. When you get Kenyon Murray coming to town, man, it's going to be a battle tonight. Davis and Murray, man, you just you want to sit back, relax, just watch that game coming up this evening. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Hopefully the Badgers can get another win, just kind of keep this thing rolling. Keep the eyes open on the Badger program. Been a tremendous start to the season. Uh, Rick says Wayne and Hub are tight. Yeah, they are. Really good friends. Really good friends. I would agree with that. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to call phone lines, by the way, wide open. And, uh, let's do this. Uh, speaking of the phone lines, let's get to them. Let's go to Jim listening to us in Des Moines, Iowa. Jim, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill, been a while. Um, this came up this morning. I was poking around and online and listened to some Wisconsin sports radio, lacrosse to be exact. And heard about all this, and I think now this—I'm dating myself—but I, I really think that Mr. Arkish has—he was obviously asked the question on Chicago Sports Radio, 
and I think he's got the right to his opinion, and he's got the right to voice it. Now, we, you've been covering Aaron Rodgers since Aaron Rodgers was drafted, and so you know that his, uh, he has a certain, shall we call it, disdain for the media. And, mm-hmm. but, but for him to say that the guy's a bum, I don't know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. Come on. The guy right. been, the guy was, a, was, if he, maybe he isn't anymore, but he was publisher of Pro Football Weekly for years. Right. And you're trying to tell me that Rogers doesn't read, can't read? I mean, I think that this is being way blown out of proportion. I, and what's, what happened in the off season happened in the off season, and it was a slap in the face to the fan base. And so, for that reason, I don't think any punishment should have come to Mr. Arkish. I have no axe to grind. I've never met the man, uh, but I've met I've met Packers in my youth, and it used to be that when off the field stuff like this happened, the the player would get called on the carpet. But it's not happening as much anymore. Now in Antonio Brown that that you can't ignore. Right. But there's stuff that's being ignored lately and as you've said many times, no matter what station I've heard you on, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. And so I but to make it make it concise, I think Mr. Arkish is entitled to his opinion, especially if he was asked the question on Chicago Sports Radio. Now, I don't listen to Chicago Sports Radio that much because I honestly don't like it. (laughs) But I think that, you know, this is being way overblown. But, see, I'm 68, so I can look at it a little differently. Some people maybe don't know who Hub Arkish is. I'll give them that. But um, when you ask somebody their opinion, and then all of a sudden you get mad because he expresses it, uh, that's not right either. Have a good day, and I hope you feel better. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, that, is, uh, that is Jim listening to us in Des Moines. Um, I understand what Jim's saying. The the back and forth and and – I, I'm not – the whole name-calling thing, back and forth, he's a bum, no, he's a jerk, and this and that, it's like, come on. Um, he Jim's right, Hub's got his opinion. I don't agree with it. Simple as that. I just don't agree with it. I, I don't think that you can take something that happened in the preseason – and again, had what happened in the offseason derailed a regular season, and this team, say, sitting at 9-7, nine and nine and seven, Barely eking them, eking into the postseason, but Rogers ha- is having a great year. You can say, yeah, maybe that had something to do with it, but you can't say would have, could have, should have. You know, ha- had he been vaccinated, he would have been able to play in that Kansas City game, and had they won that game, and had that game mattered, in- but it didn't. It has no bearing on this situation. He is the best quarterback in the National Football League. Statistically, he's top four to five in almost every category. He has the best quarterback rating. He's got the best touchdown-interception ratio. His team has the best record in the National Football League. 
and he has guided his team through the injuries and the fourth toughest schedule coming into the season. There is no reason that you can't make an argument for Aaron Rodgers to be the NFL MVP. There's there, you, you can't look at what went on in the offseason because it has no bearing on this. So in that sense, I get it. You, you, you can't throw that into the mix. That's Hub's opinion. That's fine. I disagree with it. I, I, I 100% agree with it. Um, Rogers, he's a bum. That's his opinion. To say he should not have a vote because of a predetermined thing, because of the offseason and such, I would agree with that. That's a revelation. I would agree with that. I never think it, I, I never thought Hub was directly targeting Rogers because he was unvaccinated. Um, maybe that was politically thrown into that. Maybe that's an, an, an inference. But he never specifically stated that. To, so to say that he wants it wants me to be vaccinated and yeah, I should be the most valuable vac- unvaccinated player or whatever. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And to say that nobody knows of Hub, that's not right. But both have their opinion. That's fine. But when you but let's but let, let's do this because there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions calling names over on the Bud Light live stream and on Twitter right now. The bottom line is this: extrapolate yourself from all of that rhetoric. Okay, take it all away. Take it all away. The bottom line is, the discussion was asked of Hubarkish, "Who are you not voting for?" And he the question was posed to him. He didn't just bring it up. The question was posed to him. So, okay, that's fine. He's not voting for Aaron Rodgers. But the reasons to vote for or vote against an MVP should always be the encompassing of the ability of a person or player specifically and statistically relegated to lead a team. Are they the best, most valuable player in the league this year? And I think unequivocally, you'd have to look at Aaron Rodgers and say yes. Cooper Cup. Huge. Jonathan Taylor, huge. No doubt. Tom Brady, huge. But you can't throw Rodgers out because of a personal opinion about something else. And I that's the reason, hey, look, when people say Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and all that, I'm like, look, I'm one of the most, I'm a baseball purist. I think what they did was extremely wrong. But at the time, um, Mark McGuire was doing it, it was legal. He didn't do anything wrong. He circumvented the system, yes, but he didn't do anything wrong. There wasn't testing. There wasn't an outlaw of steroids. So people that have feelings about that, you can't pick and choose who you agree with and who you don't when it comes to certain things. If you're talking about MVPs, statistical players, and such, and the, the what they do on the field, you have to look at Rodgers and say, yes, he's the MVP. Or at least make a really strong argument why he should be. That's it. The rest of the stuff, the rest of the stuff is your own personal opinion. And if you can't separate yourself from that, then you should not carry a vote. That's just my opinion. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back. Bill Michael's show continues on. <coughs> Glad to have you. Um, the uh, interesting little uh, little tidbit that uh, came out: Brian Knowles, uh, Brian Knowles, uh, co-writer of the Scramble for the Ball, contributing writer for Football Outsiders Almanac, uh, posted this. And said, uh, which is kind of neat, which is kind of neat. Um, he just said, look, if the NFL, how, how the standings would be if every one, uh, every single one of the one score games had an opposite result. So if the teams, uh, the, how, how do I put this? So like the Packers beat the Bengals on a field goal. The Packers beat the 49ers on a field goal. So if those games would, because they were one-score games, would be would be would have turned out differently. This is how all these teams would have ended up on the season. The Bills would have ended up 15 and one. Colts 12 and four. Chiefs 10 and six. Bengals 10 and six. Broncos 10 and six. Patriots the same. Followed by the Browns, the Titans, the Chargers, and on down. The NFC. Do you only send me this because the Eagles will be the number one team in the NFL? No. Ben I, I genuinely okay. think it's interesting. It's also all those one-score losses where they were down three touchdowns and found a way to lose by eight. Right. So, no. So, the uh, the Eagles would be the best team in the NFL, or would be the uh, best team in the national foot, uh, or in the uh, NFC, I should say, at 11-5, and five, tied with the Cardinals at 11-5, and five, the Panthers 9-7, and seven, the Packers would be 9-7 and seven, if the one-score games would have flip-flopped and the outcome would have been different. It is it is interesting. Uh the 49ers 10 and 6, Cowboys 9 and 7, Rams 9 and 7, Vikings 9 and 7 as well. But interesting because now this is the one thing that I say all the time when it comes to a one-score game and I get people uh there was a guy the other day, I think he was a Vikings fan, and talking about all the one-score games and what could have should have would have win with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, you're celebrating this, you're celebrating that. Here's my point, and I've, I've said this all along. When you win in ugly fashion, you win a one-score game, you battle through what could have been a loss, or maybe should have been a loss, and you win, to me that always has been and always will be a sign of a team that figures it out. How many times... Have you been a, a fan of a team that finds a way to lose than being a fan of a team that finds a way to win? Ask the Bears, ask the Bengals, ask the Broncos, ask the Raiders. Ask all of those teams. Go through that list of teams that are the close but no cigar. Good teams find ways to win. Sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you make a play. Sometimes they screw it up. But something has to happen for you to have the opportunity to win. And when you take advantage of it and they don't, that makes you the better team. It's, it's really interesting. When you look at, say, a team like the Bills who have figured out ways to lose games throughout the season. And as you mentioned, Ben, the Eagles get blown out early, and then they make this resurgence only to come back and you know fall one score short. But still, they figure out ways to screw it up early on. 
Uh, by the way, it's official. The Buccaneers are releasing wide receiver Antonio Brown today. That's just uh, coming across the uh, wire right now. So the Cardinals, the Panthers, Panthers would be a better football team. But again, they figured out ways to lose. They don't have enough pieces to win, however you want to look at it. But when a team like the Packers, sitting here with 12, 13, 14 wins, depending on what their season ends up, 13, 14 wins, who could have ended up with nine wins right now because of the one-score games that could be flip-flop, they figured out ways to win. What is the determining factor? Is it experience? Is it coaching? Is it play calling? Is it the fact that you forced your opponent into a mistake? Whatever it is, you figured out a way to win. You give them credit for that. And many seem to think in, in the biz for years and years and years, many seem to think that, that that kind of stuff galvanizes a team. It makes a team believe in themselves specifically in tough situations as you get into the postseason. So who knows? But I, I, I it's really interesting. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, I'll do this. I just retweeted it. So if you follow me over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, you can, uh, you can find us there. Um, Mick says uh, Aaron Rodgers has every right to call him that, meaning Hub Arkish is a bum. I'm Look, I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing either side. To be honest, I, I just I'm not, because both sides have their opinion. I think where had Hub said, um, I don't believe in some of the things that he's done throughout the season. I don't think he's the best of leaders. I think he's a very very talented player. I'm not voting for him. I think it's no big deal. But when he said he was one of the biggest jerks in the league. And then got on the vaccination stuff and then talked about the stuff that went on in the offseason. That's what got him into trouble. That's what got him into trouble. And rightfully so. Diane says, how can a guy like that still have a vote? I don't, he's got a vote this year, but I don't know if he's going to have one in the future. And yes, he is still the uh, chief and editor of Pro Football Weekly. As a matter of fact, in Pro Football Weekly is where he wrote and penned the apology for his Aaron Rodgers comments. I don't know if you saw that. If you go to profootballweekly.com, uh, he has been the chief editor and, and I believe owner of Pro Football Weekly uh, for a long, long time. <coughs> Feels like I got a hair in my throat. Oh. Uh, where Hub Arkis said, I feel terrible. I made a terrible mistake. It's completely my fault. There's no one else to blame, and I'm here to try and apologize. And I own this, and I couldn't be more sorry. I expect some clarity on exactly what I'm apologizing for, for it might be relevant. And then he goes on to basically kind of double down on what he already said. So there you have it. Uh, Matt LaFleur is expected to come to the podium, and I'm sure there's going to be a little bit more of this discussed. Not to mention, we want to find out more about stuff on the field. We want to find out about Josh Myers, who was seen in practice yesterday, David Bakhtiari, how he's doing, Jair Alexander, how he's doing, all of that. we got to get into the nuts and bolts of what's going on on the field. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. It should be the head coach speaking to the media right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back as we come back. Matt LaFleur goes to the podium up in Green Bay to talk to the media. Let's take a listen to what the head coach of the Green Bay Packers has to say. Hey, Matt. You got me? Got you, Mark. Matt, I wondered if you could just kind of give me your assessment of the whole organization's coaching staff, players, you know, personnel, uh, job of problem solving this year, okay? Whether it be the offensive line, you had some special teams protection issues, got that figured out, some coverage things, you got that figured out. Can you just give me how you think you've done in solving problems with this team all year? Yeah, I'd say pretty well. I think that's part of the process each and every year is you're going to have things are going to come up each and every week, each and every game, really every day, and you, that's what you're constantly trying to get in front of so that you guys don't see the problems, but uh, there's always there's always going to be things you have to work through, and that's just part of the process. That's why you put in the, the time, the effort, the work, all the energy into it each and every day, each and every week. MK Burgess. Coach, I was talking, I asked uh, Devontae and, and Aaron about this yesterday. Ford Field's been a little bit of an issue with the Packers uh, in the past starting slow. Um, what is the mental note to the team about making sure you guys get uh, off to a good start against a team that wants to end on a high note. Yeah, I think it's just an awareness, you know, that's something that will, we preach. Uh, we know our past there. Um, and it's, it's always been quite a challenge, but I think a lot of it has to do with just how Detroit's played us over the years. It's not necessarily been just in Detroit. I'd say it's, it's always a competitive game. We know it. Um, and we, we got to prepare like, uh, to the best of our ability, like we do each and every game. Mike Spofford. Hey Matt, for a couple years, we talked obviously a lot about Preston and Zadarius as a tandem. Uh, what, what's your, what's your sense of Preston and Rashawn as a tandem collectively, like what, uh, what they bring as a pair to your defense? Yeah, I think they've been doing an outstanding job. I think when you look at it, just the effort that you're seeing from both of those guys has been outstanding. Um, obviously, RG, from the moment he's gotten into this league, you could see him just go. And he, he shuts his mind off, and he just goes 100 miles an hour on every snap. But you see it every day in practice as well. And I think P, I think P's done a heck of a job and you know, I think I mentioned the play um, from from last game where he was chasing down Bradbury on that on that play. But I think P's really brought his game to a new level, and I, I think he's being more physical than he was maybe a year ago, and just playing with great effort. I think he's in good shape, and he's being really productive. So we're really happy with just how both of those guys are playing. They're kind of the tone setters to our defense because anytime you have a pass rush, it, it elevates the play of everybody around you. And so those guys are, are obviously uh, just really great off the edge, and we're fortunate to have two guys like that. Rob Domofsky. Hey, Matt, real quick, just wanted to ask how Dave got through yesterday and what the plan is going forward, and then, and then I wanted to ask you something about Jordan. 
after that. Yeah, no problem. Um, Dave had a had a great work yesterday, and just part of our plan was to have him go yesterday. Today he'll condition, and then we'll we'll have him back out there tomorrow. And then if I could, you know, last time Jordan played, obviously in Kansas City, he hadn't had all those number one reps, you know, for weeks that, that he's gotten now that, you know, with Aaron rehabbing the toe. Where is he better right now than he was going into that game? I would say in every facet of just understanding what we're trying to get accomplished on each and every play. I think the consistency with his footwork, because I always think footwork is the foundation of good quarterback play um, and how, how you – let your feet take you through your reads and making sure that your eyes match your footwork. And so I just think that those are valuable reps that he's been able to get during practice. And hopefully that translates if he gets an opportunity to play. Wes Hodkowitz. Hey Matt, uh, looking at Chandon a little bit, you know, with some of the shakeups there were with the secondary throughout the course of the year, how important has he been in that nickel role and just kind of the stability he's sort of added there throughout the course of the year? Yeah, I think Sully's another guy that's that's played really consistent. Um, he's got just a great feel for the position. He understands what we're trying to get accomplished. He's very consistent um, and just very smart, instinctive player. Cody Krupp. Hey, Coach. Uh, just to kind of follow up on Rob's question, do you feel like David is still on a on a track that he could get a couple reps on Sunday? I think we'll we'll get through Friday and and see where we're at on Saturday and potentially make that call then. Tom Silverstein. Hey Matt, I don't know when you're going to pull Rogers. Assuming you are at some point during that game, but do you want to give Jordan Love a you know a good script of plays where you can see what you know he can really do instead of just you know handing off like he normally does at the end of a game. Yeah, I think it's it's all just where we are in the game, uh, what the situation is, what the score is, and, uh, you know, kind of let it unfold naturally. Ryan Wood. I'm going to ask the follow-up to Dave a, a different way and maybe get the same exact answer from you. But um, if he is able to come out of that plan in a good spot, in, in, in good shape, would the next plan then for be for him to play? Is that he just needs to get through that and then he'll be able to play? Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of the discussion. Fair enough. <laughs> Aaron Nagler. Coach, what have you learned throughout this season that maybe you didn't know about yourself as a coach, given all of the adversity you faced injury-wise? That I didn't know about myself, that I'm surrounded by – bunch of uh, really good coaches and players Um, that makes it just alleviates so much stress when you trust everybody around you and I trust our staff I trust our guys they've they've proven it Um, I would say that the things that we didn't know probably was to the level of the depth that we've had on this football team especially when you look at just how I would say decimated we've gotten up front but it seems to me that uh, no matter whose number's called, no matter what position it's at, guys have have done a great job, and that speaks to the coaching they're getting. It speaks to their their preparation and how serious they take it on a on a daily basis. And you know, having that mindset that 
I've got to prepare like I'm the starter because you just never know when your opportunity is going to be called upon and you better take advantage of it. Otherwise, you, you typically don't last very long in this league. So I just think it's a credit to, to all our guys. Any other questions for Coach? Hold on one more. Go ahead, Mike Clemens. Matt, yesterday the comment about a meaningless game, I thought about Jordan getting in with the final seven minutes of the Vikings game. This is a rare opportunity for a lot of your younger players to get into this, uh, to get some snaps, right? And is that something you and Brian talk about, a specific list of players you'd like to see out there? Uh, we we haven't because we're, uh, despite what uh, um, I would say the, the public opinion is, it's it's not a meaningless game. I told you guys exactly what we told our players. We want to keep the momentum going, and so you have to approach it like you do every other game. Because if you don't go out there and play your best, you're going to get your butt whooped. We saw it a couple of weeks ago. Detroit destroyed Arizona, and they took uh, they beat Minnesota right at the end of the game. And you just look at how they played at home. Outside of I know there was the Cincinnati and Philly games, but if you look at how they battled and came back in week one versus Cisco 49ers and shoot, they had Baltimore on the rope. So this is a team that plays well at home. I know they're going to be highly motivated to give us everything they have. And so our guys are going to prepare as such um, like they would every other week. That's it. There you go. Matt LaFleur talking to the media and he insists that this is not a meaningless game and that uh, others and everybody basically is going to play. We'll talk about that when we come back. Also, there was one other tidbit. Did you catch it? Actually, there was two. There was two really good tidbits that came out of that, uh, that presser. Do you know what they are? Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers play the Lions Sunday at noon at Ford Field. Although the Packers have secured home field advantage and the Lions are in last place in the conference, Matt LaFleur says there's really no such thing as a meaningless game in the NFL. I have a hard time going into any game saying it doesn't mean anything. I think every time you go out there, you're, you're trying to perform your best. So all our guys that are playing, which is the majority of our team, they got to go in with the mindset that they're going to play the entire game as far as where that goes and if and when we decide to pull some guys it's, it's going to be a totally kind of more of a feel type thing. LaFleur was Jared Goff's offensive coordinator when the tour with the Los Angeles Rams. Goff suffered a bruised knee in the Lions week 15 win over the Cardinals. Is it important to play in the final game of the season? Yeah it, it's very important to me. I want to be out there and um, ultimately it's kind of not up to me. It's up to where my knee's at but it's it's progressing that I hope to play. We'll see how the how the week goes, but I I, I I don't know is the answer until you know probably later in the week. And after the Packers secured the number one seed and a first round bye, did the mood become a little more relaxed inside the Packers locker room? Nose tackle Kenny Clark. No, the second you loosen up in this league, that's when you get embarrassed. We stand with that same mindset, uh, taking it week to week, and um, you know this week is Detroit. Um, we know you got everything locked up, but um, we're looking forward into into going up to Detroit and, and, and trying to go get a win. Best Packers coverage on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. 
So we just heard from Matt LaFleur in the segment prior. By the way, Mike Clemens, fine job out of Mike Clemens. Mike is brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, and only a mile from Lambeau Field. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. And don't forget about the Bay Family Restaurant, which is homestyle cooking seven days a week. You want some reservations? Call them. Two, or excuse me, 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441. So two things, uh, I think, beyond... The scope of, uh, is this a meaningless game? No, it's not a meaningless game. Coming from Matt LaFleur. One is David Bakhtiari not practicing today. But Matt LaFleur said, when asked specifically about uh, Bakhtiari and the likelihood that, that he would play on Sunday, he said that he had a great day yesterday and playing on Sunday is, quote, still a part of the discussion as he smiles sheepishly. So in other words, I'm not going to tell you. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you who to prepare for. He's in our plans. That's all he would talk about. That was it. And then, uh, if you go a little bit further, he said, look, everybody's going to play. So it's not a meaningless game. Everybody's going to play. I think this is just my two cents. I think Devontae's going to play, obviously, to get the record. Maybe play a little beyond that. You're going to see the offense early on be directed in Devontae's uh, direction. So he and Rodgers and some of the other guys, I don't want to call them more important, but some of the guys that may be a little bit nicked up or what have you, they can get them out. Get Rodgers out of there. Get Devontae out of there. Get Aaron Jones out of there. Uh, some of the valuable guys such as Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, you know, whoever you can move around or use them in a limited facet. Um, but, you know, that's – and the other piece of good news is that no no COVID test today, no, no positive test. Nobody went on the list. And why is that a big deal? And, and I had somebody say, well, isn't that, you know, a bad thing? That shouldn't everybody get it before the postseason? Well, a lot of the guys on the team have already had it. So chances are you're not going to get test positive again. <clears throat> but it also says that maybe they've got their process, the process for all this, for whatever it is they're doing, is working, which is also good news. So uh, you just got to, you know, sometimes you listen and it's a lot of coaches speak, you know. But you just got to kind of listen and, and say, okay, this is what I can take away from this. This is what I can do. This is this is some information that I want to glean off of this. And you can you can get some stuff out of there. Not a bad way to go. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, phone line's wide open, by the way. Uh, and, again, this talk continues to spin. By the way, there is some news out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers camp now. Antonio Brown released earlier the conversation between him and Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians stated he did not know that uh, when asked specifically, did you know, did he say to you, did he talk to you about an, an ankle injury? And Bruce Arians just kind of looked like a deer in the headlights for a minute. He just went, no. So then uh, Antonio Brown released the text messages between him and Arians, allegedly, that Basically, Arians did know. He did know that there was an ankle issue. Okay? 
So later today, or excuse me, I shouldn't say later, earlier today, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did terminate the contract of Antonio Brown. That's effective immediately. While Antonio did receive treatment on his ankle and was listed on the injury report the week leading up to Sunday's game, he was, quote, cleared to play by our medical team prior to the start of the game, and at no point during the game did he ever indicate to our medical personnel that he could not play. We have attempted multiple times throughout the week to schedule an evaluation by an outside orthopedic specialist, yet Antonio has not complied. Maintaining the health and the wellness of our players is of utmost importance to the organization. Now, we know the organization will cover its own ass. But if they can show this, then Antonio Brown doesn't have much of a leg to stand on. Um, the uh, uh, Buccaneers general manager, uh, Jason Licht, told ESPN that uh, Antonio Brown and his agent requested last week that the remaining $2 million bucks in contract incentives for this season be guaranteed. And the team said, no, you know, we're not guaranteeing. We're not going to change things now. So Antonio Brown, prior to the game, prior to the game on Sunday when he had the meltdown, prior to the game, him and his agent went to the Buccaneers and said, you know that $2 million bucks that's all, all incentive-based? We want it guaranteed. And the team said, no. He was close to getting the incentives anyway. And the team said no. Ah, maybe more of a reason for the meltdown. Uh, Lick said uh, the Buccaneers made reasonable accommodations to bring this matter to a close early in the week. In fact, uh, if Brown had an injury from the game and the wide receiver declined to cooperate, they would have never been able to tell anyway. The Bucs made two doctor's appointments in New York for Brown so they could place him on the injured reserve list and pay him for the remainder of the season, and he didn't go to either appointment. He wanted to go to his own doctor, and they're like, look, if you think it's that bad, let's go to this doctor, we'll get the clearance, and we'll put you on the IR and pay you. And he wouldn't go to the appointments. See, again, I'll I'll say this, and I don't know who to believe, but you because of Antonio Brown's prior actions, okay, prior actions, he looks like the boy that cried wolf. He, he just comes off as unbelievable. When you conduct yourself in such bizarre, heinous fashions, throwing furniture off of balconies, being involved in sexual assault allegations, um, not paying people when you have these lavish parties, being sued continuously, you know, bouncing from team to team, showing how your feet got burned, showing how you're running around after you, you're released from the uh, uh, Oakland Raiders at the time. You know, it, just wanting out, calling it prisons and plantations, and it, it just you you lose credibility. Your your level of credibility erodes piece by piece by piece. So when all of this comes up, if you're an upstanding, reputable player, plays hard, works hard, all that kind of stuff, people look at you and go, "Come on, there's something wrong with the team here." But in this case, I it's hard to believe Antonio Brown in anything that comes out of the guy's mouth. So unless he's got absolute positive proof. It's it's completely bizarre. Uh, by the way, Bruce Arians speaking to the media right now. We're going to hear from him. Uh, we're going to hear portions of that coming up here in just a little bit. But next, next up on the docket from the Green Bay Press-Gazette, Pete Doherty is going to join us.